Yo, 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 welcome everyone to another episode of the Coach's Box. We are back. We took a two-week vacation and we are back stronger than ever. And we missed y'all. We missed talking to y'all out there. So much has went down since our last episode. We have a lot of ground to cover. We're going to try to keep it as concise as possible here. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. And it's good, it's good to be back with the fellas. We got Coach Pace, we got Coach Natty T and Coach Murph. How y'all doing? I'm doing good, man. It's always a good day when Philly makes the playoffs. Yeah, of course. Of course, you would say that. You would talk about Philadelphia right off the bat. Well, I guess we got to talk about Philadelphia on the show later. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we hope everyone had a great holiday season. Um, Whether it was something you were celebrating or just a little time off from work, we hope you enjoyed yourselves. well, we're going to get right into the hot seat, Coach Pace. We've been waiting for this all week. For those of you that have been following sports, you probably already know where we're going. But Coach Pace, who is on your hot seat? Who needs to be benched, fired, something? Who you got this week? I mean, well, technically, he's already benched, fired, cut. I mean, the only thing that could really happen is he get arrested. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I – well, I'm going to start out with because Antonio Brown is the obvious suspect number one. But I feel that it is time that you cut bait with Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski. Now, I say this because – and Stefanski. Yes, I threw him under the bus too. Wow. I say this because everybody watched the game um, – was it last week? Was it last week? Who did Steelers play last week? I'm drawing a blank. Browns. Okay. So Nick Chubb, didn't Nick Chubb have a really good game last week when he was actually in running the football? When he ran the ball, he got about five yards of carry. Yeah. Yeah, it was about five, six yards of carry. Um, and you know, I really think they could have easily ran. Everybody was looking at like, okay, so dude has, you know, six yards of carry, seven yards of carry. And then they're taking him out on crucial downs when it's third and short, second and short, and then putting it in Baker's hands. And well, TJ Watt, I'm pretty sure TJ Watt had four sacks. Um, on top of you know, you know the left the tackle that TJ Watt was going against was from Toledo, <laughs> and being strung out there to dry. Okay, on an All-Pro defensive end. And honestly, it was just like barbecue chicken. They didn't even try and like help. They didn't even try and chip. It was just it was just drop back one on one TJ Watt against a third or fourth round rookie. I don't I, I just feel like you know at some point after like sack two, I feel like actually after if really after you know what actually the game plan should have been whatever happens. Somebody has to chip TJ Watt if we're going to leave him on our rookie, or at least, you know, send another lineman over. But they didn't even do that. That's neither here nor there. All right. Stefanski and Baker got to go. And then on top of that, Baker, all of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to sit out because I have a torn labrum and a broken shoulder. Now, if he was going to the playoffs, there would be no torn labrum and broken shoulder. But that's neither here nor there. They got to go. It's time to break that whole little situation up. They just need to go ahead, grab a veteran QB, 
Um, shit, shoot for the stars, land on the moves, land on the moon. Um, I would go get Aaron Rodgers, but who knows with that situation? Aaron Rodgers ain't going to Cleveland. Stop I'm about to say he. Ain't, I think he's gonna stay in Green Bay, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, Baker and Stefanski got to go, and you know we can always get on this Antonio Brown thing because this way I'll tell you. Well, well, to your Brown's point, yeah, it, it it's funny. You know, it's bad when the commentators keep asking why is Nick Chubb not in the game? Because at one point, I think it was Chris Collinsworth said, "Is Chubb hurt because he's not on the field?" Because they were putting Dearness Johnson in the game. And starting to give him a bunch of carries. And then when asked about it, they're like, oh, well, you know, we just giving him a rest. But like he was out for like not plays, but whole series. Like he was mm-hmm. out for a whole offensive series, like multiple times. We we're like, bro, like, where is he? Why are you not putting him in the game? And every time I look up, Baker on his back, he on the field, just laid out. Like they literally got like 10 sacks on him. If his Labrum wasn't torn before the game. It was definitely torn after the game. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I if I had to choose between Baker and Stefanski, I would definitely say that Baker should be the one to go. Um, I think the Browns could still win a lot with Stefanski as a head coach and a different quarterback. But I understand there's there's been a lot of questions around his personnel decisions during the in game decisions. So I, I, I do see that. What about y'all? No, I think Kevin is fine. Is ba- like you can't have a number one overall pick transition through three, four different coaches, and then you get rid of the coach. At some point, you just have to be like, no, this QB is not it. You got Odell out of the door because of your performance. And then, I mean, you got various coaches out the door because of your performance. Uh, there's a common denominator in all of this in this Baker Mayfield. So I don't know if it's just he needs a change to meet. Is he a starting QB in this league? Borderline. I, I can't see him as a backup. Because I feel like he does have some type of talent that can get him. Maybe it is the injuries or whatever that's bothering him. But he's not like – he's not franchise changing. I think he's going to be one of those like – bridge gap type guys like a Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater. Like we just need you here until we can find a fix, like build a team until we get our franchise guy. I think he's going to turn into one of those type quarterbacks, but I think Steven, uh, Kevin Stefanski should be able to at least coach one or two years to see, because the team does perform. He does have questionable, you know, calls and stuff here and there, but I mean, that comes with being, you know, a new head coach and all that stuff. But Baker's the problem. It's not Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I um, I, mean, I think Stefanski does share some of the blame because I think, you know, your job as a coach is to put your players in the you know best opportunity to be successful. So, yeah, I mean, he does have some blame there. But to me, it's Baker being consistent on that. Um, I think. Personally, I think some of the personnel decisions are coming from the top down. I think they're setting Baker up, as they should. 
because I think he bet on himself this year because he didn't want to talk about this contract and all that. And so he's playing injured to try to prove that, you know, I'm tough and I'm, you know, I was a warrior out here, but then he's sucking. So I think the Browns are like, okay, keep playing. So that way they're not going to extend him because next year he's only, they only own $18 million. Like they're going to keep him for next year. So you so think he's basically playing, they're allowing him to play himself out of a contract. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're doing. I think that's what Stefanski's doing. That's what I, that's, that's, that's what I think they're doing. Cause even the, um, I know the news today was about the, or yesterday was, or yeah, yesterday today was about the, the Cleveland reporter where she, you know, reported the news about, you know, Baker saying he would want to leave because of, you know, he doesn't agree with the play calling. And then he had his comeback talking about, um, what did he say? Making up lies and putting food on your table. But I'm like Baker. Think. If it didn't come from you, if it didn't come from your agent, if it didn't come from your circle, it's coming from the Browns. Because she didn't make that up. So if you need to be mad at somebody, you need to be mad at the Browns. So that's, to me, that is confirmation that they're allowing him to play himself out. Because they're going to keep him next year. Because, again, he only, they only own $18 million. That's, you know, by the salary cap in today's NFL, that's nothing. That's backup quarterback money. So they're going to keep him on there for next year. But they're not going to sign him to a max contract deal. So they're just going to let Blaker just play it out. And then just cut bait with him before that last year of his contract where they have where they have the option to either keep him or get rid of him. That's what I think they're doing. That's crazy. That's why you see some of those like questionable personnel calls mm-hmm. and they're kind of like putting it on Baker to see what he does. Yeah. He's falling flat on his face. Because come contract time, they're like, well, Baker, I mean, you know, we gave you a chance to kind of let you cook, so to speak, and you couldn't. So yeah, sorry. So that's what I think they're doing. I look back at the quarterbacks in that draft, and that draft is about lackluster as hell. You literally just got the only people that perform is Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. But outside of that, you got like Baker, Mason Rudolph, J- uh, Josh Rosen. Like I'm like this. This draft is nasty. Yeah, ugly, <laughs> ugly. So that's what I'm saying. But I think they're they're going to keep him next year. They're not going to cut him this year because again. He's, he's making backup quarterback money next year. You're not getting rid of him. Yeah, I mean, if they do that successfully, the city will fall out of love with him, and it'll be very easy to cut bait. Yeah, yeah. Are you falling out of love with him? Y'all Ohioans? I, Ohioans, like Cleveland friend, they are extremely loyal, but they're loyal more to the team than they would be to the individual. Um. I think they will run out of patience after next year, especially if they don't make the playoffs next year, it's going to be super easy for them to get rid of Baker. Oh, they will. Because I'm just looking at the, the climate for that division. You got, you're going to have a new quarterback coming into the Steelers situation. And if a right QB is picked, that's ideal because the defense is there. They have the offensive weapons. They just have big Ben with a, a shot arm and a beat up body. You got Joe Burrow making noise, took his team 
to the playoffs second year. And then, I mean, the Ravens ran to a whole bunch of injuries that just kept them out. And they still so competitive. make a playoff <laughs> to make the playoffs. So it's just like it, they're going to be like the bottom. Like I, can't, I wouldn't be shocked if they will be the bottom of the division next year. Talking about Joe Shiesty, man. Joe Shiesty. Joe Shiesty. Yeah. So this this A B thing, switching gears to A B. Like I just to kind of set the set the and I'll let y'all run with this. So, you know, we saw the antics on the field and we were just kind of like all these question marks. Like, what is going on? Is he upset because they're losing? Uh, you know, did is he upset because he's not playing well like the team's not playing well did somebody say something to him that we didn't hear and he just kind of like lost it and so all these narratives were drawn and people were you know taking the buck side people were taking a b side after the game people kept talking about mental health and saying let's not judge a b that he probably has a valid reason that they're trying to villainize players and this is what leagues do and all those things so you start to see that i mean i'm talking about famous people like rick ross for instance literally went on there and it was talking about, yeah, we need to, you know, they'd be doing this to, to us all the time. So he has a lot of people in his corner that are high profile people, especially in the black community that were, that were uh, defending him. Then he releases, you know, the social media messages uh, talking about like, Hey, you know, I had an injury and, you know, they shot up, shot me up with something uh, that was pretty dangerous. And I was out there, I just wasn't feeling I couldn't go anymore. And they were mad because I couldn't go anymore. And I didn't want to risk my, my ankle injury. Uh, and it was very selfish of the team. Uh, the coaching staff to do that. Bruce Arians told me that I'm done. And that's why I lost my cool and, and stuff like that. So we've seen some developing information since then. So that's where I'm going to kick it over to you all to kind of talk about the information that, and coach Natty T, if you want to get us, get us ready for that, we could just talk about some of the stuff that's come out recently. Yeah. So for our listeners, uh, my, my day job, well, I, I'm a commercial underwriter. For those that don't know, I do risk assessment essentially. So I work for a fortune 100 insurance firm. And part of my job is to do uh, risk assessment for basically Fortune 500 companies or high profile companies. So I have the fortunate duty of having NFL Players Association, NBA Players Association, MLS, MLB, all the major sports players association that's assigned to me. So just to give you guys some context, and this is not coming from necessarily the NFL. It's coming from the Players Association. Their whole existence is to protect the players and their interests and their rights. So if anything, they would be on A, B side on this because that's their job. So I'm just going to name off some things here. Now, some of this stuff, we've been you know, watching the news and things like that have already come out, but I just think it's good for context. So this is going back after the Carolina Panthers game, when he had the 10 catches for 101 yards, his agent goes to the Bucks and asks them to guarantee his incentives. They said no. What were those incentives? So he needed eight more catches at that time. 
that would have been $330,000, $333,000 in bonus money. And we had another 55 yards receiving, that's another $333,000. Add one more touchdown, that's another $333,000. So, about a million dollars right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now, coming into the Jets game, at halftime, he has three catches for 26 yards. Now, per my sources, NFL Players Association, <laughs> at halftime, A.B. was pissed off because he wasn't getting enough targets. His teammates calmed him down, including Tom Brady. And I quote, it's coming from the Players Association. They said, Tom Brady told him, you know I got you, meaning I know what your incentives are and I got you. Mind you, for context, last year, it was a very similar situation because AB came on midseason and he had an incentive-laden contract. And Brady against, I forgot who they, I think the Falcons, the last game of the season. That last drive, he threw it to AB three times in a row deliberately, so he got his money. Mm. I don't know why you would think he would leave you hanging this time, especially when you got suspended for three games for having a fake vaccination card. The team wanted to cut you. And Brady said, no, we need him. Bring him back. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole nother half to play. And there was a whole nother game you could have played. So I don't know why you think you wouldn't have got your money. But just for context. Yes. So second half starts. Just got the ball first. And then they punted. Tampa Bay gets the ball back. They call his number. And he's like, no, nah, I ain't going in. Because I think in his head, it's my personal opinion. I think he panicked because I think he just couldn't get the whole money issue out of his head. So he refused to go in. And I quote, supposedly on the bench, he goes to Brady and says, oh, you going to your boy, huh? Meaning Gronk. Because he was throw he threw to Gronk eight times in the first half. Right. But I guess in his head, he felt like he was turning on him. So... Players try to calm him down, and then that's when Bruce Aarons had said in his press conference that, you know, they try to calm him down. He didn't want to go back in the game. Then he walks back there and tries to talk to him. He doesn't want to go in the game. So he says, get the F out of here. So he leaves. He didn't tell him to strip half naked, but in A-B fashion, he has to leave in flamboyance. So... There was no mention of no ankle injury then, right? Okay. In fact, A.B. was listed on the injury report since week five. Because remember, he missed two games before the whole suspension because of the ankle. Mm -hmm. So everybody knew you had something wrong with your ankle, A.B. So that's not, that's not act like that's a new, that's a new thing. In fact... If there's some cover-up, there's a process that you do, similar to what he did with his helmet with the Raiders where he filed a grievance. I'm telling you right now, there's no grievance filed with the NFL Players Association. There's nothing. In fact, he signed off each week to take a Toradol shot. This little injection that they force him to take, it's Toradol. That's like the common painkiller that all professional sports use 
He signed off every single time. In fact, he's used it 58 times in his career. He signed off every single time, and he's used it every single game that he's played this season. So, A.B., they didn't force you to take the shot. All that dangerous substance that he was talking about, which got a lot of former players on his side, like, oh, yeah, teams that had to make me do this dangerous stuff. They do this to us all the time. That was something that he's taken over 50 times in his career. 58 to be right. 58. That's not dangerous to him or anyone else. I mean, they tell you the side effects, but as players, you're like, I want to play, so shoot me up. Then you have to sign off. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Wow. Okay. So that was never a problem the other 57 times. That it was never a problem the other 57 times. It was only a problem because he was worried that he was going to miss out on his incentive money. And I can understand that because, you know, listen, that's a lot of money, a million dollars. I'm, I'm, but I'm like, like what you said earlier, he has a whole nother game left to play. To fulfill. He had a whole nother, not a, a whole nother half. Yeah. A whole nother half and a whole nother game. I think he would have got those numbers. Yes. And now remember, <laughs> even if, say, say that doesn't happen, that's still your fault, A.B., because you know why? Because you got suspended for three games. It's something you did. You would have been had that. Actually, you would have had the, the, the $2 million incentive. I mean, that's, that's a lot more yards and catches you would have had to make. But if you would have played the final six, seven games, he would have got that pretty easily, too. Especially with Godwin being out, that you would have been the number one target. Another fact, on average, since he's been at Tampa Bay, Tom Brady usually targets A.B. about five times in the first half. How many times did he throw the ball to A.B. in the first half against the Jets? Five, and he caught about three of them. So, y'all go ahead. I'm just – those are facts. I mean, I, put, I threw some opinions in there. I'm just saying, those are the facts. So, you tell me. I don't know. You got issues. <laughs> End of it all. If something's clearly not right with him, and it hasn't been right with him for a while, my biggest <clears throat> gripe isn't even with him. It's with people supporting these actions and expecting, you know, catering to – this is what he wants. I mean, he, he's an attention seeker. We can see that. And then all he needs is just – that's why everything he does, he makes it public. The John Gruden phone conversation makes it public. Uh, the Mike Tomlin locker room speech makes it public. Like, this is what he does nope. just to get – attention and then all it takes is those people like and i love ross man he's one of my favorite artists steve knows like he's like one of my favorite artists ever but you can't be aiding these people during these times and expect them to get better they're not going to get better when you just keep supporting them when they're wrong. Like, I understand that it's this whole thing of, we, as minorities, we hate the structure of the NFL. We know that it's slave-like 
So whenever a minority, we feel like they're behind the eight ball, we got to stand up and fight against the NFL. And yes, we should, but not when they're wrong. He, he's just said, like, you can't fight, uh, fight for the, cause you're fighting for the wrong cause at this point. I'm not telling you to support the NFL. I'm telling you to support AB by stop entertaining this mess so he could get the help he needs. Stop giving stop him, enabling uh, him, essentially. You said what? Stop enabling him. That's the problem. Yeah, like, because then the next thing you know, if he goes off on the deep end, y'all going to be like, oh, he has so much potential and so on and so forth. Oh, if this didn't happen, this didn't happen. Well, these things partially happened because you were condoning it. So be adults, know right from wrong, and get him the help he needs. So I know, like, words been talking around, like, oh, well, we can pick him up during the, the playoff push on so forth. It, like, it'll be like a $61,000 pickup for the whatever games. And I'm like, no, don't even, no. No jobs. Give him, like, if he, y'all want him to come back in the league, Y'all should, nobody should pick him up for at least one or two years until they know, because he always has this nice apology and so on and so forth at the end of everything that we know that he didn't write. He just signed off on it. But then people are like, oh, no, look, he did accept that he was wrong. But I don't know if y'all watched like the full Sam podcast. He was on there talking about, you know, the whole situation and like, oh, you know, Brady just wants me for football. If he, uh, if he really was my friend, I wouldn't have a contract that's incentive-based. Like, Brock is his boy. He doesn't have an incentive-based contract. I'm like, well, first of all, you came in late, so money gets tied up, so we just got to fit you in. Be happy you got a job, and be happy you got a job on a winning team. So it's like it's no pleasing him unless he's the star and making money. When he could have been the star and made money, when he had the $30 million with the Raiders – just show up, which turned out to be a good team. If he played for the Raiders, they would be in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Like, I know they're fighting for a spot, but they would be a solidified team. So, yeah. that's all I can say. Yeah, Gronk didn't do a Facebook Live in the locker room of his team. You know, Gronk didn't go into the cryo chamber and get frostbite, you know. Uh, doing you know Gronk didn't complain about the helmet and throw a tantrum which led to him getting kicked off the only questionable thing Gronk has ever done is probably that that going to the club after losing the Super Bowl and and dancing on uh what was seen to be was he had like an injured leg so an injury in his leg and he was dancing in the club that's the only questionable thing Gronk has ever done that I know of wait wasn't he the one that threw the trophy too to Oh, no, it was Brady that threw the oh, trophy. Brady threw the trophy. I don't know where he's going. <laughs> Coach Pace, can you make any sense of this, bro? Any sense? All right. I'm I'm not going to side with the NFL. Uh, the, I'm, not, I'm never going to side with anything related to the NFL or team just because I know what they got to do to protect themselves. So I don't side with them, but I damn sure don't side with A.B., so I'm a neutral party because 
side with help. I, just, I, I personally don't trust anything in NFL. You can put me, you can give me all the facts. I still don't trust them because the NFL is so powerful. They can cover up whatever they want to, whenever they want to. They got people that can do that. So at the end of the day, I'm never going to believe that Bruce Arians or any of them publicly because that's just what the NFL is. Now, AB for AB, I'm going to just tell you now, his brain is a McRib. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. His brain is shot. He has CTE. It's pretty apparent. Like, this is, like, when they do all, like, some type of, what is it, the brain scan or autopsy or whatever, they're going to find, like, some traumatic CTE. And then they'll be like, oh, my goodness, what could we have done? Well, y'all could have not picked him up the several times y'all did and actually got him some help. The NFL really doesn't care about that. So that's why I'm never going to side with them. They pretend, like, everybody's pretending, like, AB needs help and they're going to help him or well, most of them are enabling, but I feel like if the, if the NFL really cared about their players, AB would have got the help he needed like AB and it would have been mandatory. Like AB, it literally has something wrong with him. Like, bro, this, this sporadic behavior is, is pretty expectant at this point. And it all started literally. Everybody knows when Vontez perfect took his head off. After that, I mean, there's a video of him like getting treatment and him literally being like a child and farting in front of the doctor while the doctor's giving him treatment. Like, the, I mean, the behavior isn't, I mean, the whole fiasco with his baby mom or wife or whatever she is, like, it's pretty common and yet nobody has thought to help him. Yeah, Brady has... You know, AB's my friend, but AB's not your friend, dog. You only care about him for football purposes. Yeah, you invited him in your house, but at the end of the day, like, I still don't believe y'all genuine friends, bro. Like, it's because I didn't hear about it. I didn't hear about him and AB being friends before, you know, he came to the Patriots or before any of that. I heard, like, oh, once AB started having trouble, he brought him into his house. I'm like, did y'all have a relationship before that, though? So, if y'all didn't, then that's not genuine love right there, if you ask me. But, because if I see DeMar's going through some, I'm like, hey, y'all, dog, like, we, we need to get this. Ain't no more football, ain't no more none of that. Uh, we need to get your brain scanned and stuff like that before. So, I don't believe Brady's saying, you know, I think we need to take a step back and, you know, we all need to have some empathy. I mean, it sounds good, but, like, my dude, what, have you done anything to help AB besides bringing me to your house? and try and get him on the team. And, I mean, kind of enabling because you're getting him money. And, you know, A.B., when he gets his money, he acts, acts a plum dumb fool. So, I mean, his behavior was unnecessary. I don't believe – listening to y'all, I don't believe the injury stuff for real, for real no more. Um, I do believe, like, they had a little spat back and forth. Like, you're not injured. I am injured. I don't know what A.B.'s ankle is like personally. I can't tell, but I do think they had that back and forth and that probably set them off. And you know how AB gets. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm a neutral party in this, but man, AB, AB got to get help, bro. Like this is, it's so obvious that he got CT. It's not even funny no more. And um, you, you sent the Morris and I coach uh, Murph and I a nice um, Apple music single from from a b um bro if you if y'all can't tell me that's not cte right there man don't even make them 
<laughs> go for those go Apple Music. I'm sure it's on Google Play too. It's called Official, and it's two minutes and three seconds of your life that you'll never get back. But if you're okay with wasting two minutes and three seconds, you can listen to that song. It's really bad. It shows why not everyone can be a rapper. I mean, half the people that are rapping right now shouldn't be rappers, but AB for sure should not be in the rap game. And so, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to send any strays out, but, you know, I'm not going, you know, the joke I said, how how I felt about the song. (laughs) 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 I'm going to have to inform Coach Natty T about it. Have you heard it? I, I don't have two minutes to waste. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I guess for me, my personal opinion, like you, Coach uh, Coach Pace, like I just wanted to give the facts because since when AB wants to put out certain information that's misleading, I just like to kind of steer it towards the facts. I agree with you because in terms of the enabling, because overall, Bruce Aarons has the egg on his face. Tom Brady has, has egg on his face. And the NFL has egg on his face because Raiders, the Patriots, the Bucks, I mean, they're all enabling him by continuing to employ him at this point. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, from a Tom Brady perspective, I think I think he does like AB. Obviously, his talent is is phenomenal, so that's ultimately why he likes him. But I do think he does actually like AB because for him to put his reputation out like that, even after the whole vaccination card thing to try to overrule the coach to say, no, let's bring him back again. I think he actually does kind of like him a little bit, but yeah, I don't think they're like best, best friends. However, bringing it back to AB, do want to be sensitive to just being an African-American male in the United States of America. There's no doubt about that. There's pressures that we deal with. Get it. I understand the mental health aspect of it. I am someone who's currently, who's been doing um, therapy for the past year and a half now. I've had a sports psychologist when I was playing sports. But what's missing is when people say that, unless you've actually gone through therapy, you you don't understand how difficult it actually is. Because the thing is, AB, as much as he may have these issues and needs, needs help, he himself has to come to the realization that he wants help. If he hasn't, if that hasn't clicked in his head yet, none of, none of these things are gonna change. Because just from personal experience, it's one of the toughest things I've ever had to do in my life. You know why? Because if you really genuinely do it, you have to face up to yourself. Like you are naked, like facing yourself in the mirror, right? And you have to own up to all your stuff. And AB has to take some sort of responsibility for his actions. Coach JP3, you laid it out. He's at Pittsburgh. Oh, man, y'all throwing it to Juju more. 
I ain't playing. Okay, they get rid of him. Then he goes to the Oakland Raiders. Then he wants to spaz out about his helmet. Then he wants to get release. He gets released. Then he goes to the Patriots. Then he has the other accusation off the field. Then on his way out, he wants to take a shot at the owner. Regardless of whether you have a good relationship or not with people personally, what job do you know where you can take a shot at the owner of that company and then act like y'all owe me something? That makes no sense. Great question. Think about that. That makes no sense. AB, I keep bringing up the fake vaccination card. You get suspended for three games. You come back, you play against the Carolina Panthers, have a very good game. You still have the audacity to ask them to guarantee your incentives after all of that. You should be lucky that they brought you back, bro, mm-hmm. that you have a job. Mm-hmm. But that, that hasn't clicked in his head because – Coach Merch's point, the, the, I didn't see the podcast, but he's still on. Man, you know, Brady don't really care about me. Dude, I, yeah, okay. Does he view you as a best friend? No, but he at least got you an opportunity. That's, that's, what, you, that's what you asked for, right? The question that he should be asking himself is, do I really care about me? That's what I was about to say. When, that like, do you care about yourself? Right. Because that's, that's where I'm getting to. That's where I'm getting to. Until mm. he gets to that point, I'm telling you right now, because people, we can say this, we can say that, oh, yes, he needs help. But until he comes to that realization and really takes that therapy seriously, it's not going to help. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because he, he hasn't taken responsibility for his actions fully. Because he He's lets his right. agent, he lets his lawyer write the statement and he signs off on it and that's it. But he hasn't that hasn't clicked for him yet. And until it does, if, if another team signs him, we're going to be here next year talking the same thing, how it blew up again. That's it. That's all I got to say. It's not going to happen. That's all I got to say. It's not going to happen. I, mean, I, I don't I mean, think it will, but I wouldn't be surprised. That brain, that brain is so far gone, it's not even listening. His brain is shot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. There's somebody like, man, he did apologize and eh, but oh, somebody gonna sign him. That's that's not that's not that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, but we gonna we gonna end up. It's gonna end the same way. Yep, it's gonna end the same way. So until AB like really gets that through his head, and for all the supporters out there, <laughs> until like you guys have put that two and two together and stop enabling the support. It's, it's, I'm tell, and I said this in our in our other group chat, Coach AP3. I'm telling you, it, this 30 for 30 on AB is going to end real bad the way it's going. I'm telling y'all right now. So y'all keep supporting Rick Ross. Yeah, man. They be doing foul stuff with the NFL players. Like, yeah, we all know. That still ain't got nothing to do with AB and how he treats people. He going to end up like Hernandez. I'm going to just oh. call it. Now he gonna end up like Hernandez. That's that's you the can have, you can have like mental health issues, but a mental health issue and a character flaw is two different things. That's all I gotta say. It, it it's funny because it's like we're trying to pick. Yeah, it's not funny, but it's it's you're looking at it like you know. 
sometimes it's who you are. And when you get a traumatic brain injury, because he did get his block knocked off. So I'm, something bad happened. You're absolutely right, Coach Pace. Something happened after that. I mean, and most football players, I mean, yeah. yeah. But that don't mean they doing what AB doing out here. They, that mean, so I think something may, <laughs> maybe instead of saying that, I think it's perhaps that traumatic brain blow unlocked the door to what he was. So there's no filter there, you know? So, so sometimes like when you going through something, something filters out and says, you know, I ain't going to do that here or I'm tripping, I'm tripping. And when you're not, when your brain is not right, that filter stops sometimes. And then you just go and do whatever you want to do. So I, yeah, I, I that it, it could possibly be a combination of both of those things, but e either way, yeah, there, I agree that so many people have had traumatic brain injuries and have not done nearly the amount of damage Antonio Brown has done um, to others, to teams and, and to his own career, you know? So I, I think he does need uh, mental health support, but yeah, it's something that he has to be able to see that he actually needs it, or there's nothing that no one can say or do to help him. And I agree with what was said earlier. He needs to be out of the league for a while for him because he hasn't truly humbled himself yet. Yeah. Like he, he literally, like if you check the timeline, he literally turned on everybody in every single scenario. You're with the Steelers. You get your head knocked off. What did Juju do? got a nasty block on Vontaze Burfick just because of what he did to you. And then now you over here put, oh, you was reaching out to me for help when you was in college, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, y'all treat Big Ben like this. You give Juju captain, I'm out. Raiders give you 30 million. You can find something else to complain about. Oh, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Brady brings you into the, to the Patriots. You take low blow shots at Rob, 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 Kraft, Robert Kraft, and then Brady brings you into the Bucks, and then now you're taking shots at Brady and his trainer. And if I'm BA, I'm looking at Brady and I'm gonna just say, I told you so. Told you so. I told you he wasn't a fit for the locker room, and now look at you. <laughs> Egg on your face. You know who one of those enablers was that I forgot to mention? Le'Veon Bell. That, oh, geez. Yeah, no. Well, you see where he is. You see where he is. If I'm Le'Veon Bell, I, you should you should not be commenting on those sort of things, especially like that. Because like, yeah, you have no idea what you're talking about, and you got a career to salvage. So don't talk about things you know nothing about. Wait, what, what career? His rap career or his football career? <laughs> or his boxing? I, mean, I think, and, and, and again, I, not, this is my last round on it. I think, you know, I, I've said this before. You know, sports sports is is a dichotomy of society, right? And you know, I, I think it's no different than you know us in a non-sports world context when you know things happen. <laughs> we always like to look for something to blame or someone to blame instead of, well, you know, I'm probably the common denominator in these situations. <laughs> Not to say it's always your fault, just like in this situation with AB, like, yeah, could there, is there enabling going on? Yes. Was it always AB's fault? No. 
But why are you always the common denominator in these situations? It's no different. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's it's partially just human nature. Like we 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 always look for something to blame. Like I well, oh, there's a school shooting. Oh, let's blame music. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it we talk about this in, you know, in a church context, right? Oh, hip hop is so bad. So hip hop's to blame for everything, for everything that's bad. Oh, the youth, the youth today, all oh, hip hop. Well, maybe that's on the partially on the prior generation for not educating the youth better, growing them up. We talk about the N-word all the time. Mm-hmm. You want to blame hip hop for it. N-word was around before hip hop was created. So why are we blaming hip hop for the why are we using that word? Generations have mistreated others and misrepresented. We're talking about religion, misrepresented the religion, all that kind of stuff, way before hip hop. Not not to get too deep, but that's just that's just kind of an example of what I'm talking about. We just we always like to just something's wrong. Oh, let's blame that. Mm-hmm. Yes, agree. So you know, overall, I think it, you know the, the Antonio Brown. Obviously, he has a lot of other stuff going on off, off field, but in a lot of ways, he's he's just an example of human nature in a way. So that's one way to look at it. If y'all truly care about Antonio Brown, those that know him, stop doing what you're doing because it's not helping him. Yeah. All right. Nice. All my Rick Rosses and Le'Veon Bells out there, if that's your boy, then you got to be straight up with him. Yeah. Somebody need to like shut his Twitter down. Yeah. Like Rick Ross, if you really care, you because Rick Ross, you're really no different than Tom Brady. Because if you really care about this man, like you'd be like, yo, AB, come stay in my house. Let's shut the Twitter down. Let's go MIA. Don't say nothing. Let's get you some help. Yes. If he was really his boy, Le'Veon, that's what you would do. But you're really no different than Brady and Bruce Aarons, really, because you're just enabling in a different way. I think he's having trouble identifying who his true friends are. He's like, oh, Brady's not my friend. Well, Le'Veon isn't. Ross isn't. Ross isn't either. No, you need to be somewhere and get help yeah just like coach pace said with you know using it with, with, with you like yeah like there's something wrong like nah bro like forget football right now let's shut this ish down let's get you right all these people on twitter yeah we on we on your side ab go sit down yeah so coach Pace, i know you mentioned something about osu did you want to bring osu up before we move forward yeah real quick um so marcus williamson now he got tick at OSU, um, but he didn't play a lot because, you know, the DB room is deep at OSU. Um, he definitely was in the rotation, but he retired this season. Like, he was just like, I'm shutting it down. I'm done. Um, I don't know. He said – basically, he said in a nutshell, he'd rather keep his brain um, than deal with all the repercussions. Um, but in general, that's not why I brought it up. He got the ranting during the Utah and OSU game. Um, about man, when I tell y'all, he got the ranting, it was something crazy, but it was more so. He was like, I'm gonna just sit back as a fan and I'm gonna tell y'all my experience as a student athlete. And he basically went over his student athlete, uh, his experience. And one of the things he said, and which would set everybody off, was Urban really isn't a good person. Um, 
he told me if I ever smoked, he would ruin my life. And then on top of that, he threw in, and this is the part that really set everybody off, was when he said uh, in a pre, I think it was like a presentation, mm -hmm. he used Trayvon Martin as a reason why um, they had the no hoodie rule. Yep. Um, and then he kept explaining and explaining um, on how he wanted to be impacted youth and yada, yada, yada. Now, the problem with all this was he told his truth. That was his experience, right? I'm, and we all know, like, that might not be our experience with how, in order, if we all play for Ohio State and I had that experience, and, you know, I had a different experience. Mm -hmm. I was always under the impersonation. You never questioned a man's experience because you, you probably weren't there. So what happened was all the OSU players um, that were under the Urban Meyer administration or whatever, they came out the Woodworths talking about, I can't believe he would say this, uh, X, Y, and Z. Urban has been nothing but great. I'm talking about, when I said everybody came out, the like Darren Lee, Josh Perry, Cardell, yes, I'm name dropping, don't care. Uh, man, it was so many people. And then you sit back, and then a couple of days later, Urban comes out and says, oh, yeah, I did do that. I'm sitting here like, so ain't no, I don't know what happened, but I'm like, I'm not seeing enough apology. I didn't see any apology. I said, I need all your apologies to be as loud as y'all disrespect was. Because y'all said, y'all basically were saying this man's story wasn't valid and his experience, experience was, I can't believe somebody would say that. Mm -hmm. So that's what my thing right now was like uh, just watching his Twitter. I know uh, DeMar, she don't got Twitter, but uh, James, you do. And Natty, Coach Natty T, don't you? You don't. I don't. But regardless, James, go look up Marcus Williamson. You're going to see all that. Um, no, I, I heard. I know what you're talking about. I heard. I heard yeah. About oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I heard was, about the statements. I didn't hear about the uh, – them standing up for Urban and Urban. No, uh, they was they out. was riding hard for Urban, and I was like, Urban came out a couple of days later and was like, "Yeah, that did happen," and I was like, "Bro, y'all look so terrible right now because y'all really freaking. tried to y'all tried to slander this man's experience." And I'm like, just because it wasn't y'all's and y'all got PT, uh, and y'all have failed careers in the NFL, and he decided to do it a different route and just take a step back. And live his truth, unlike what y'all doing, because y'all still holding on to the glory days. But we ain't gonna get into that. Um, you look so dumb right now. I mean, <laughs> that, that that threw me for a loop right there. I was like, y'all, yeah, man, it's it's bad out here. But I just thought that was a crazy story, and we should enlighten everybody. And I just want to get y'all viewpoints on that because I know a couple of y'all seen that. But he was talking. Oh my goodness, he was getting. Jamel Hill said something about it. Uh, I don't know if Shannon Sharp did, but it was a couple of other reporters that said something about it. That's a good one, Coach Pace. I I didn't see all the the comments that went out like uh, negating that experience. But yeah, we we talked about an earlier earlier show about Urban Meyer. We literally broke this dude down because he showed us who he is several times. Right? We mm -hmm. all make mistakes, definitely. But like, he has a track record, just like AB has a track record, right? So like. We, we we need to be just as hard on him as we are as we are uh, with AB, uh, you know. So like I 
I look at it in terms of like when you said that when I read it, I, was, I wasn't surprised. I was like, yeah, he probably did do something like that, you know. So I, because I mean, what, I mean, what do you have to gain for it? Like, you know, like you're not playing football anymore. So this isn't to boost your football career. You're just like, hey, yo, this is what I experienced. I want to share this with y'all. And this is why for those who enabled AB in our last discussion, why people make comments without knowing what's actually happening, without having the information, just going off of your feelings and your own personal experience. That's part of the problem with this whole thing is that we are so stuck in our own shoes that we we fail to see what's happening in someone else's. And, and you said it perfectly, Coach Pace, you know, just because it wasn't your experience doesn't mean it never happened to anyone. Mm-hmm. It's like, were you there? No. So how can you say it didn't happen? And we defend people to a T. Like, oh, they would never do that. No, that's the, I've known them for years and they have just been an amazing person. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they may have treated you a certain way, but they were a butt wipe to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we invalidate each other's experiences so often. Uh, we do that to our own detriment. Um, as speaking from like African-American perspective, we get mad when white people do that to us. But why are we doing that to ourselves? Why are we doing that to our own people too? Like we can't, we can't like, um perpetuate something that we hate why would we do that right it's wrong when people do it to us and it's wrong when we do it to each other right work there get your facts straight get all the information and then make a decision on how you feel because now they all look stupid like you said yeah because it's as simple as like i mean you're not around nobody's around anybody 24 7 so you don't know what happens behind closed doors that's why you can't speculate experiences like i I mean, me and for Coach Pace, for instance, I mean, we're close. And whenever he's going through something, whether it was relationships or work-related, I know him, but I always ask him, what did you do? Because, mm-hmm. like, I know you best out of the situation, but I need to hear from your mouth what you did. Because in my mind, I may think you did something different from what I'm accustomed to but I need to hear what actually happened from you. And that's what people need to start doing. And out of all this, since I wasn't able to see all the comments and all that stuff, but I, one thing that I do respect is that urban did speak out and admit it to it because one, it, it made everybody else look bad and it validated, I mean, it solidified his point. Like, Yes, this was my experience. I didn't like it. It made me feel some type of way about it. And I mean, this is how, you know, on a serious note, because, you know, the internet can be dangerous and people tend to harm themselves because of the masses is just piling up on you. Even when you're right, you know, it's just like, oh, well, and then, then you get the people that don't know anything at all. Like, I'm pretty sure that there's people that never <laughs> been to Ohio, never met Urban over here taking the side of Cardell and Lee and all these other players because everybody else was saying it. And they're just gaining up on them. And it's just like, so I just can't say anything unless if the majority, like, just like how Coach Pay said, like, 
this is what make people scared to live their truths because when they attempt to, if it's not, you know, the, the common thing, then everybody just hates you. It's not, it's no longer a, okay, that's a you. It's either you're right or you're wrong when that's not the case. So I'm just glad Urban said something and now everybody else looked foolish. And, but it is a, a shame that I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty sure those apologies are happening, but they're probably happening behind the scenes when it should be happening on Twitter where you started your dirt. So that, that's the only thing that sucks about it. It's like, oh, now you want to apologize, hit my phone and apologize. But you could have called me and said, wait, but like, are you serious? Because I didn't experience this with them. But no, nah, you just wanted to go flame them on Twitter. Now you the one looking dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I agree with everything with what you guys have said already. Um, <laughs> similar to the AB situation, um, I'm someone that hates social media, but through my therapy, actually, I, I've come to a point where I realized that I still hate social media, by the way, but I, I blame social media because I'm like, for situations like this. I'm like, see, this is why Twitter is bad. Da, 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 da. Like, well, it's not Twitter. It's just what it does is it fuels a, an emotional response and it kind of taps into that, like, that human element more than probably what it should. And when you have a situation like this where there should be some sort of like context and like you know track record that goes all the way out the window and then you just feel this emotional knee-jerk reaction response that's what twitter is so to your point like coach murph like when he comes out and says something like that about urban meyer like you could have just called him and like for real that really happened like even if you kind of doubt it like you can get in contact with him and try to get more context to what he's saying, right? No, I'm gonna go on Twitter. Nah, man, he lying. And then, like you said, you got all these people that never even been to Ohio State, never even been to the state of Ohio, not even like a layover at the airport. Man, that dude lying on Urban, man. Well, how do you know? And again, we talked we talk about it with AB, all these people. And that's why I wanted to reel off those facts from the meeting I have with the Players Association. Those are facts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't know that. And one of the things that bothers me is about certain individuals and Coach JP3, you know which one I'm talking about because he plays in the NBA and, you know, he plays for Brooklyn. One of the things that really gets on my nerves, and especially now that I'm in the job that I'm in and I get kind of privy to a lot of those like behind the scenes inner workings, is when people like use information that they know is not gonna be privy to the public and try to manipulate that for their own advantage to what AB did. Cause he's like, oh, no man, they forced me to play because I was injured. No, AB, you've been on the injury report since week five. <laughs> they forced they you. Like, if that was the case, you should have filed the paperwork 
and got your second opinion six weeks ago. But now it comes up now. Ohio State thing, right? My man comes out and says it. Even after Urban has already shown you who he is, as you already said, Coach JP3, the man has shown you who he is. He's been in multiple stops. This man is a known snake. <laughs> nah, man, that ain't Urban. Yeah, I actually did do that. Oh, he did? But then it's crickets after that. No, no. Where's the energy at? Where is the same energy at? Crickets. They was going to move on to the next thing. Yeah, my man's reputation is still going to be kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that one dude that uh, tried to clown Urban. Well, no, he didn't clown Urban. He actually just told an actual truth about his experience with Urban Meyer. Oh, he did? Well, yeah, you dumb-dumb. You weren't paying attention. Paying attention. <laughs> Was he the only one there for the Trayvon Martin thing? Because I'm shocked that nobody spoke up and said, Really? Nah, I was there too. <laughs> um, not nah, a lot of the current. Um, so like Gary Wilson chimed in and said, um, "I'm here for you." Uh, Dewan Jones, like the, the big, like six seven, like right tackle, he mm-hmm. said something. Um, and there were just a lot of other people. There was like some faculty and staff from OSU that said, like, "Yeah, Urban's confirmed a bad guy." So there were people that said something. It just wasn't the same names like the Cardell Joneses. It wasn't like no big the big names, yeah. Yeah, like the big names that were that won a national title, the past guys, those guys, you didn't you didn't hear too much from them. So that fits in right into the urban pattern because obviously those players, yeah, he didn't bring that up with them because they're winning him a national championship. But then other players who maybe to him aren't as talented or aren't as high on the totem pole in his mind or on the depth chart. Yeah. They get treated differently. Hmm. That does sound like urban Meyer. That makes sense. So again, man, like I, I think, you know, it's, it's a it's a bit disturbing that, you know, as a society, we're at this point where, you know, again, context track record and critical thinking is just, totally out of the equation now and it's just complete knee-jerk reactions all the time and even the evidence is like right in your face you're still like nah man i don't believe it like okay all right after all when he was coaching the jaguars he kicked the kicker he kicked the man a grown man a grown man but he didn't kick trevor lawrence or james robinson or marvin jones jr or any of those, he wouldn't do that to them. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he, like he knew what he was doing. He knew that because he felt the kicker was not. Uh, it was more expendable. Mm. Not not a big not not a big name. He didn't do it, didn't do it to Josh Allen, the defensive lineman. I'd love to see him kick him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, see, exactly like that. The main, the, also, the main thing a lot of them were saying was like. You have a lot of people saying like, uh, and he answered this. People just didn't read, of course. Of course. A lot of people were saying like, well, why don't you leave or quit? Well, if that's the only way to get your family out and that's the only thing you've been doing for your entire life, it's kind of hard to, you know, switch gears from something you've been doing since the age of three. Or it's kind of hard to leave um 
when that might be your only chance to make it to the next level to get your family out. Um, so you can tell a lot of people didn't read because he explained it very deliberately. Very deliberately. But it, it's not even that. Like, the funny thing is, I guarantee, because like every, that's everybody's go-to, but, like, I guarantee at least 60 to 75% of those people right now that said that hate their jobs and they Absolutely. are there. Yes, that's exactly where my mind went. And last time I checked, y'all aren't borderline able to make millions of dollars. Y'all probably doing minimum wage, making like 15, 12, 50 an hour, so on and so forth, and hate your job. Mm-hmm. But you're still there. Why? Because you got bills to pay. You got people to take care of. But everybody wants to say like, oh, just quit. You know, if, if you can't, blah, blah, blah. Then you just go quit your job. I'll see you on the corner somewhere. I'll pass you a couple bucks. That is exactly where my mind went. Like, it's funny how we have this double standard with athletes sometimes. Like, they're not supposed to be bothered. They're supposed to be like, oh, you're just playing football. Like, why are you putting up with that? I assume he was there on an athletic scholarship. Mm -hmm. So what does the ramifications of him quitting do for his education so it's about football and it's about whatever else he may want to do maybe even as a as a backup plan or you know after his career is ended and stuff like that he wants to go ahead and get that too right so by him quitting there are multiple ramifications that happen from that choice and you're absolutely right like if this is the way that I can get to millions of dollars listen I'll put up with do for a couple of years I'll get out there and whatever just like you put up with your boss that yells at you or only says something to you when you do something wrong or whatever, like you put up with that person because you need to do what you need to do, whether it's get money or you know that there is another opportunity that if you just stick in there long enough, you might get that promotion or you might be able to get to another company because now you have some more experience that's going to take you to the next level somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's no, it's no different, no different. Another context point too. And another point is too, a lot of people don't realize because again, like we said, people don't understand how things work. For him to just transfer, like people, a lot of people don't notice, especially at the division one level, like you you have to get the sign off from the head coach in order, like if you say you want to leave, like the coach has to sign off on it. And then even if he signs off and you go somewhere else, that other school, who are they going to call as a reference? Urban Meyer. So, duh, he made a decision to kind of like stick it out. But again, people people don't think. And like sometimes you just got to stick. Like out. Like for me, and like for a lot of people, you just sometimes you just put up with what you can until you get out the situation, or like until you form that backup plan. And that's what you need to do. Like for me, I never quit a job until I knew that I had another job on the way. The only time I did that is when I was just like, I'm moving out of Ohio. I'm taking a chance. And that was the only time I did it. But I still had financially, I was set enough. So I was like, I will be cool without having a job for X amount of months mm-hmm. until something hits. And I found something quick. But like, People like common sense goes out the door when people are speaking to someone that's celebrity like because it's just like, oh, you're not human at this point. But even though 
for years, everybody say how college athletes struggle, but they like, oh, but you know, colleges pay for so and so forth, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, they don't have jobs. They don't have an income. The money they do get is going funneled through the school and it's for school stuff. So like, and plus everybody on the team don't have the type of scholarships that everybody else has. So you can't sit there and assume that just because you're on a D1 team that you're set. And another fun fact, it's not a four-year scholarship. It's the yearly scholarship, people. At the end of the year, you're at the coach's discretion for him to renew the scholarship each year. So people are like, you want a four-year? Like, no, that's not that, That's not how it works. It would benefit you if you didn't ruffle feathers with the head coach, no matter what they do to you, right? So it comes full circle here. So think before you speak. So we're gonna move. I, I'm really glad that you brought that up, Coach Pace. I think that was a really good topic that um, hasn't gotten nearly the attention that it, it deserved to have. Because I think there's a lot that we just unpacked. There. The AB situation took it over. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got NFL playoffs coming up here soon. So we got the last, the last, the Philly boys. Yes, yes, the Philly boys are in there. Well, we have um, a lot of teams fighting to get in. Uh, so just to kind of lay out just a quick landscape, and I'll be real quick with this. Um, so we're looking at um, a lot of meaning with some of these games here. And so teams that are still in the hunt uh, in the AFC are the Colts uh, and Chargers. Uh, teams on the bubble are Raiders, Steelers, Ravens. So they they need to win, but uh, a couple of these teams need some other things to happen. I know for the Steelers case, they need to win their game. Uh, the Colts need to lose their game to the Jaguars and the Chargers and Raiders can't tie. So that's an example of like some of these teams need a lot of help going in uh, to be able to make it to the postseason. Uh, switching over to the NFC, uh, in the hunt are the San Francisco 49ers. On the bubble are the Saints. So the NFC is, NFC is a little bit more defined than the AFC, uh, So which is going to make an exciting weekend of football for us. So my question to the coaching staff here. And we'll start with the AFC. Who's going to secure those last playoff spots? Who's going to secure that? Seven from each side. Who's going to secure that? <laughs> I feel, okay, honestly, I can't see the Chargers not beating the Raiders. Like, I, I can't. They have been looking kind of iffy here and there down the stretch, but I just believe in Herbert more than Derek Carr. Um, and then the Colts, I mean, they just have to beat the Jags. So, I mean, Carson Wentz is confident enough to do that, I promise you. <laughs> Should be anyway. I think that, that'll be the last two, the last two slots. Two Colts charges. Okay. Rest what the rest of y'all think. I know. You know. It would be tough to to picture the Jaguars beating the Colts if because the Colts need this game, which means they'll be playing everyone. Mm -hmm. And you know, their main players are healthy. 
So yeah, the Raiders, I think would be more of a um, potential for an upset that could happen. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I think it's easy to say that Raiders could beat the Chargers more so than the Jags beating the Colts. So if there, if there was one toss up, which is why I think they put it on Sunday night, that's such a huge game uh, for them and for other teams too. That's D. Yeah, that's a toss up like that. You could flip a quarter and yeah. Uh, is Darren Waller playing? No. Hmm. That makes it tough. That makes it a little tough. I'm going Chargers. Then I'm going Chargers again. Okay. Waller. I don't know. Waller makes a huge difference. But said he's he's questionable. So. Okay. If he ain't touching that, if he does, he's not going to be effective. I already know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it's just the whole fact of having him on the field. Like, they need him on the field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He could open up some opportunities for others. I agree. That boy, Djax, put put Waller underneath. Djax, take the top off. And then Josh Jacobs trying trying to show his, trying to show himself the last couple weeks, 200 yard games in a row. So. Mm-hmm. They better use him a lot to keep Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Evans, Mike Williams off the field. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like we got Colts and Chargers mostly for everyone, with the exception of Darren Waller plays and is able to really give it a good go in the game. Then maybe the Raiders could take that game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of, and deservedly so, but the hype around, you know, Justin Herbert and, you know, is he a top five quarterback? Is he, you know, is he better than Patrick Mahomes? I mean, you hear and all that, but I mean, I think he, this is a game where you just got to win and get into the playoffs because you can't have all that going on and all that potential going on. And then you lose this game and you're not even in the playoffs. So he ain't better I than Joe he, Burrow. Well, I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean, you know, He's he's been in that conversation, I guess, this season. So he's got to – if he's any good living up to that hype, I mean, he's got to win this game. So I'll pick the Chargers. I'm about to say, Joe Burrow got the – it's like the – it's like the – I'm not saying they on that level, but it's like the Kobe LeBron debate. It's like, all right, we all see Herbert has way more – well, has the talent, but Joe Burrow got the killer. Yeah. So it's – Matt Killer, yeah, he has a different all talent. Yeah, he definitely got that swagger to him for sure. Joe Shiesty. It's it's a lot of interesting scenarios. Baltimore for Baltimore to get in, it's a big stretch because they would have to beat the Steelers. The Chargers would have to lose. So those two are, you know, might have. But then you have Indianapolis would have to lose, and then Miami would have to lose or tie. Um their last game uh you know there's right yeah yeah so we'll see i the dolphins usually beat the patriots once a year and it's usually the last game so crazier things that we've seen this before but i i don't know we'll see and there's no there's no fit magic man no fit magic there's two who got me 0.30 points in my fantasy championship game by the way Point three zero. Since we're bringing up fantasy, and I still won. Just to let everybody know, <laughs> there's a, a fantasy league. You all know that me, Coach JP three, and 
Coach Pace is in, and I came out victorious. I think we've done this league like four years, and I won two of the four. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> He's had to throw that in there. I was gonna say my season went down the drain when Derek Henry went down the drain. So like I stopped paying attention. No, I kind of looked up because I came in as the fourth seed, and then I was facing the number one seed, and like three of their top like players were out with COVID. So I just kind of like, but came finals time, I had Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and they all went off. Um, Montgomery, but yeah, it like. I put up a crazy amount of points. That was like a nasty. I beat them by like 50. <laughs> so I lost nine in a row. Like literally <laughs> five and one. As soon as Derrick Henry went out, nine in a row lost. I well, might be coming back. So <laughs> that doesn't help now, but it doesn't even matter. I don't even care no more. Hey, just <laughs> all I gotta say is just flip a coin and I'm winning. The championship. That's that's my. Oh, you got my winning. Stop. I don't even want to hear this season. Stop. I, I won twice. How many times did you win? Once. And how many times did Coach Pace win? No. What you mean? That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I, drive, I drive McCaffrey and and Derrick Henry the last two years. I I don't even. I mean, them seasons is washed right there. I. Shout out to Coach Jay, too, who uh, made the playoffs, our other coach that's in um, our church league. Coach Jay and I are in the league together. Um, so he made it to the playoffs. Uh, and I beat um, Coach Natty T, uh, Reggie, Reggie Wells. I played him in the championship game. So, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we, we fall real hard. The Browns, like, so Tua wanted to sabotage my championship, like, hands down, because he didn't want to do anything productive. And, and Najee Harris, he almost beat me with Najee Harris on Monday night because the Browns just want to let him run one off at the end of the game. So only one by three points. But unsung hero to your to your team, Coach Murph, Boston Scott, that boy Boston Scott got me two touchdowns. Hey, man, what can I say? Them Philly boys. The Philly, the Philly boy actually did it for me. So I, 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 I have to give some type of shine to Philly there. But anyway, back 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 to to actual football here. Um, so we're looking at, uh, you know, I won't go too much into some of the others because the seeding, though the the teams and some of the teams in the AFC, like, hey, you're going to make it to the playoffs. The seeding can change depending depending on who wins. So like, you know, the B- Buffalo still looking to clinch the AFC East, you know, so that would be huge for them. Uh, so they need to win. Mm-hmm. Um, if they win their game uh, against the Jets, which is likely to happen, then they they win the AFC East. Or if they lose and New England loses, then Buffalo's good. Or if Buffalo ties and New England ties, Buffalo still gets the division. I the big thing is that you're talking about Joe Burrow. Cincinnati has an opportunity to get the number one seed yeah. in the AFC. Like who would have thought? But they're resting their players though. Yeah, it, Tennessee would have to lose. Kansas City would have to lose. New England would have to lose or tie. Or Tennessee would have to lose. Casey would have to lose. And Buffalo would have to win. And, of course, Cincinnati would have to win their game somehow. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But they are playing the Browns. So Cle- uh, Cincinnati could still win. Now Baker Mayfield ain't playing. The Browns probably end up winning that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, no, nah, for real though. <laughs> all this, all this mess is just a AFC thing. The NFC is solidified. Ain't nothing changing over there. Because yeah. I mean, everybody else needs too much help. All I need to happen in some way, some form, I don't know how, and I do not care. <laughs> I need Philly to play Arizona in the first round so I can pull up. <laughs> I wouldn't mind taking a flight to some places to see Philly play in the playoffs. Depending on who, and I feel like they're a threat. Like, I can see them winning their first game. I feel like our ceiling is the divisional round. Cause I mean, honestly, I can see us beating any team in the in the AFC or in the NFC except for the Packers, Rams, and uh I can see y'all beating us. I no. Really? Really? Well I think it's a matchup thing. We can't stop the run. Yeah, and neither can Green Bay. The run. Yeah, but like you have to factor in this though. When we need to throw, like all you have to do is put us in a position to throw the ball. And with Ramsey on Devontae, what is Jalen Hurts going to (laughs) do? I mean, would he be on Devontae or would he be on uh, Dallas Goddard? No, he'll he'll be on Devontae because Devontae is the threat. He's the he does most of the damage. So. Uh, I, I don't think he'll be on Goddard. Like, Goddard, he's – you, you got to take Devontae Smith out. You just have to. Because, like, I don't think anybody else will be able to maintain him because of his speed, and he's somewhat physical. But Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he'll he'll hush him up. I mean, he's done it with receivers way better than him. But, um, yeah, I need Arizona there. To play Philly. Oh, you got because I think the Eagles are a matchup problem. That's the thing because they, I think they've just been like, listen, we're gonna run the ball. Jalen, make a few plays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna run the ball like that's. I think they figured out like this is our identity and they stuck to it and they found success in that. So I think like the only thing that sucks is that we don't have uh Miles Sanders. He won't be in during yeah. this run. So I don't. It's kind of hard to see with him and Boston Scott making a, some type of run, but we'll see. And I just, running back by committee, you might be able to do it because it will be what, Scott, Howard, Gainwell, and Howard, like. And Jalen. And Jalen. Jalen. And Jalen. Yeah. yeah. I think it's receivers wise, mm-hmm. but we'll see. And then this whole, look, like it's unfortunate that so many uh, tested positive for COVID uh for philly this week but mm-hmm. thankfully it happened now and they will be cleared for the playoffs mm-hmm. um, what, what do you think about the the cowboys saying that they're not going to arrest their their players i think they should play them at least a half because they the, the offense needs to find mm-hmm. some sort yeah. of rhythm yeah and i think problem with dallas for me is I feel like they just get caught up in the Dak debate because everybody's, you know, oh, is Dak a top five quarterback? Is he this? Is he a lead? He's making 75 bills, is that in the third? And I think they get caught up in that. And it's like, dude, run the ball, have balance, and worry about it, worry about all that stuff later. <laughs> like, 
quit trying to prove that Prescott is a top five quarterback because the, the I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like when he throws like he has under thirty attempts, like he's had like what two three losses in his whole career. I mean, and I know Zeke has his knee and Tony Pollard has the foot. So I mean, I get that, but like the against the Cardinals, I mean. What is he supposed to do with nine carries? I mean, how, like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, like, everybody knew, like, everybody knows ever since Zeke been in the league is that he does most damage the more carries he gets because nobody wants to tackle him anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's like, it's a methodical thing. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I just, it just seems like they have, like, contrary to Philly, like, I think Philly at the beginning, they were trying to figure out, okay, what should we do? And they were like, you know what, to, to Sariani's credit, mm. listen, we're just going to run the ball. And Jalen, I need you to make plays. Yeah, just you make do? one or two plays. Which Third are down, all- like we'll do some play action. I need you to make plays. That's what we're going to do. Whereas the Cowboys, like some weeks, you know what, we're going to play power football and be balanced. Yeah. It looks good. That some weeks it's like, yeah, we're playing so-and-so. We got to prove Dak is this, that, and the third. It's like, let's have him throw the ball 40 times. It's like, then you lose. Hey. Throwing it 40 times against the Washington football team and the New York Giants are different than throwing it 40 times against the Cardinals. But even, like, the game against Washington when they were when they were at Washington, like, because of one, of one of the interceptions he threw at the end, it's like, dude, why are y'all even throwing the ball yeah, here? Like, you're winning the game. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Let me get y'all before we move forward. I want to get y'all's opinion because the NFC really focusing on two teams with this one are the Saints and the 49ers. So the Saints are playing Atlanta and they clinch a playoff berth with a win plus a San Francisco loss. San Francisco's playing the Rams. Now, San Francisco gets in if they win or tie, or New Orleans loses or ties. So what do you see out of those two scenarios? Do you see San Francisco getting in? They have a little bit higher, more higher. They have higher odds there. Or you think the Saints will be able to get in? I got San Francisco. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Rams, but New Orleans don't have a quarterback, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got, they got, uh, uh, I mean, like Taysom Hill, like. He might be good enough to beat Atlanta. But it's like, but listen, no. this is what Taysom Hill is. No. <laughs> I have, I go to work, I have a car in my garage. Then I go in, I go out to my garage one day and my car's not there. But it's like, well, I have a bicycle. That's Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's the bicycle. <laughs> that's nasty. That is so It can't bad. even be a go-kart. <laughs> no. That's what Taysom Hill is. Okay. So um. that's why I'm picking the 40 dollars i still think they'll probably go losing the rounds but i just like they have no quarterback they have a fantastic phenomenal defense you got alvin kamara but they have no quarterback so this is what i understood this is what i get when uh what's the name cam newton is like i'm not 32 i'm like well you i mean they yeah you're not 32 like Taysom hill is pretty bad yeah like <laughs> I mean, he has been starting for a while. You're like, I'm not 32. I'm like, well, you got a point there. I mean, I think he was referring to him specifically. He was like, no, nah, I'm not 32. I'm at least 31. At least Zach Wilson, the way Baker's playing. I mean, he has some credible, like, he might not be past 25, but Dougie, he ain't, he ain't in the 30s. 
Oh man. Well, it's it's gonna be an exciting weekend. Um, I know Coach Murphy brought up talking about the MVP and kind of how the narrative has built, been built for um Aaron Rodgers right now. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm a I'm gonna make this quick. My thoughts about it is that anybody that's gonna penalize him uh because of his vaccination status and how he carried that by saying he was immunized is is foolish thinking. This is the same reason why T.O. wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer because people want to take off the field things and make them and have them play a role with things that should be just surrounded by the game. So because at this point, everybody knows Aaron Rodgers is the clear cut MVP. There's no one close to him. Brady bowed out when he went to score zero points against the Saints. And Jonathan Taylor just kind of like eased his way out of there or just like Aaron Rodgers just just took it up another level so I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers needs to be unanimous MVP but there should be a sizable gap between him and the next person so I forgot what reporter it was it's like oh I'm not voting for him because of him being immunized I like I love Aaron Rodgers stand on it saying like I never met this guy he doesn't know me if you're going to – he knew that that was going to play a role in the voting, which it shouldn't because that has nothing to do with his performance. It would have been different, I guess, in terms of if they lost because of it, but they didn't. But to deny someone of a award that they should be given without question because of that situation – that's simply unfair. And that's why I can't take the Hall of Fame serious because of there's too many players that got in before others that shouldn't be in there. And there's some players that in there that shouldn't be in there at all. And there's players that I know that's going to get in that shouldn't be in there. And it's just off the strength of I like this guy and he played well enough. So let's give them this award. Because like if he if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get it, who would get the reward? They'll still try to give it to Tom Brady. Exactly. And then they'll be sitting there like, well, and then what they're going to say, well, we like him and he's 44 and doing this. So let's give it to him. And it's just like better record. I mean, first clinched the number one seed, better QBR, better, you know, touchdown interception ratio. Like there's nothing that, Tom Brady has done stat wise or record wise that's better than Tom Brady this year. I've had a heck of a year. I'll give it to him. But like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers definitely, definitely deserves it. Uh, and, and like we always talk about, it's a quarterback award. So it's no one else was ever seriously in consideration. You know, I think I, I, I personally like the Jonathan Taylor narrative because I like him. And I think he's done a heck of a job with the Colts because I think because of him, he is extremely valuable to that team because without him on that team, they're not in playoff contention. Uh, just as if they're, you know, Derrick Henry was still playing um, yeah. the regular season. Same. But it's hard to get it over a quarterback in this league. So Aaron Rodgers should be, should be if you're going to give it to a quarterback, it should be Aaron Rodgers. And, and also without Jonathan Taylor, 
Philly wouldn't have a first round pick. <laughs> Shout out Cooper Cup, man. Cooper Cup, that's the sleep. That's the same Cooper Cup should be in there. I, that's what I was about to say. I mean, his the 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 production is just. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going for triple crown. Did he already? I don't think he got here, but he's going for triple crown. But yeah, the the, the, the production is just absolutely phenomenal, man. Like, good gracious. Yeah, the numbers are Jesus. But I mean, I agree. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he should. He's gonna get it. And then that reporter, he's a but he's from Chicago, though. So he's a he's a Bears guy. So haters. Well, I mean, I think for him to use, I don't think necessarily because he's not vaccinated. I think because like because he lied about it. But if you want to use off the field stuff to help evaluate it, they do that anyway. I just think the reason why he's doing it is just false. Because to your point, like if that game really cost them the number one seed. Okay, I could see like, well, yeah, him lying about his vaccination status and he had to sit out and they lost that game and then they went from being the number one seed to the five seed. Yeah, that affected the team. So, okay, but it didn't. So he's probably gonna get a PP. Like, I mean, that's it. So, okay. I, I I like the Cooper Cup one too. I because I personally would like to see someone else beside a quarterback get it because there's people giving high production in their respective positions and Cooper Cup is is having a a ridiculous year. And I think I, I think he the fact he's not getting more buzz though. I mean it's because I mean he's leading in what three major receiving statistical categories. Yes, and the Rams are. Really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what, what else? Like, <laughs> like he's literally dominating his position. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. More than Aaron Rodgers is dominating his position. Yeah, he's number one in the major statistical categories. Like Aaron Rodgers is not even one in any major category. Yeah. He's playing well, but. Yeah. Cooper Cup is one in yards, one in reception, one in touchdowns. Like, yeah. you can't get better than that. Like, you can't get better than that. literally, you can't. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, so, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But um, switching to NCAA, we got a big game coming up. The rematch, which we kind of knew that this was going to happen, and we, we figured that college football wanted this to happen. It, Alabama versus Georgia, part two. You know, Georgia was was dominating everything, and they had a bad bad game. Alabama took advantage of that, ended up getting that that W. Do you foresee a different result, or do you think Alabama is going to take the title? I'll go quick. I- I think Alabama's going to win again, but I'm going to pick Georgia because I'm like, at a certain point, you got to beat Alabama once in your life, man. Like, goodness <laughs> gracious. This like, is the little giant. The one time. The one like, time. Kirby's smart, man. Like, <laughs> I know Nick Save is your mentor, but you got to beat them once. Like, all streaks come to an end at some point. So, I think Alabama's gonna win, but I'll just pick Georgia just just for the hell of it. I don't know. 
and for that reason only, just because I think streaks end eventually. Every other football reason is Alabama. <laughs> Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. This is easy. Roll Tide by at least five. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really don't know what's it. I'm I'm kind of in on the side of, <laughs> of Coach Matty T. It's just, I just I just refuse to believe that this man can't beat him at least. <laughs> like what? I really want Georgia. I would say like a it'll probably be like a 35, 33 type, <laughs> maybe 33, 28. I don't know. I, I just. Georgia is favored. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. They're gonna do the it's same. Happen once, like goodness gracious. Nah, they're gonna do the same thing they did last time. Y'all know how they talk yeah. about the big dude Raekwon Davis or whatever his name is. Yeah. They're gonna do the same thing. Up tempo. His his big old behind gonna get tired. <laughs> Asking for rest. He gonna get out. They gonna run the football if he's in. They still don't got nobody that can cover Jameson Crowder, Jameson Williams. And we all know what he can do. So it's like, I mean, and then on top of that, Georgia really doesn't have a quarterback. They don't. So, like, I mean, they got a good running back and they got a good line. But, I mean, you can't throw to nobody and we don't really care who who you're throwing to, who's throwing. So, hey. Roll time. And I real quick, man, I was I watched a little bit of that Michigan game and they, they were talking about the quarterback for Georgia. They, they they did this whole piece on him about, you know, he told his dad he was gonna be the starting quarterback for Georgia one day. I was like, man, this is pitiful, man. This is absolutely pitiful. He wouldn't be starting nothing if Justin Fields didn't leave. But that's no, nothing. yeah. But I'm like, Kirby Smart, man, if you're listening, and thank you if you are, but if you're listening. In this world of the NIL situation, will you just go buy you a quarterback and quit playing? <laughs> like, you are Georgia. Like, there's no excuse now. Like, go buy you a quarterback. The NIL yeah, allows you to do it openly and freely. Just like, go buy you a quarterback, man. Like, it shouldn't be that hard because, like, like you said, money. <laughs> and Georgia is a great place to be i love georgia (laughs) that was one of my places to go i wanted to move down to georgia when we just were debating on whether we wanted to move south or out west and of course you know you go with whatever the lady says so we we went arizona but georgia was on my list yeah man so when was their last formidable quarterback are we including from into that, do we say? I think no. probably was Matt yeah. Stafford, really. Stafford. That's who I was thinking is Matt Stafford. Is there yeah. anyone else that I overlooked from Georgia? Me. Stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, quickly. During the student staff game, I was I was killing the game. But who won though? The staff. Yeah, blame Eric Martino. Anyway, <laughs> caught my touchdown pass. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Now, um, I think Alabama is going to win, but I am rooting for Georgia. So I'm, 
So I'm picking Alabama, but I will be cheering for Georgia because I wanted Georgia to be Alabama the last time they played. And it didn't happen. They got right to the end of it and couldn't pull it off. So I hope they pull it off this time. What you got against Alabama, James? I just – no, I don't have anything to get Listen, I respect everything the Alabama football program is doing. They're one of the places that there's a lot of success and you don't hear no, like, foolishness no. from them. I respect the heck out. We just got talk, done talking about teams where there's a lot of smoke and a lot of fire. You don't hear that at Alabama. So I respect them. Um, I'm the person that likes to see um, someone that hasn't done it before or done it in a while do it. You know, so I would like to see Georgia do that. I wanted to show, I want to show them some love because they have talented players and they be getting so close, so close, but they can't get over that hump. Like they can't get over that hump. This is their year to do it, I hope, but I'm picking Alabama. Like, I'm not – and Mama didn't raise no fool now. Like, I'm picking Alabama, but, like, yeah. I hope Georgia wins. Because they almost did it last time. They almost did, but we'll see. They got every other position locked except the quarterback. Like, I don't understand. I almost won the lottery, too. <laughs> he said I got three out of five numbers. I was, I was so close. I was so yeah. No, um, we would be remiss on the coach's box if we didn't talk about one of the greatest coaches, commentators, and video games out there in Matt and John Matt. You know, um, so quickly I'll share my thoughts on, on, on John Madden. You know, I'm not old enough to know his, his coaching record, but I did look it up. I did some research on it. So I knew it when I was younger. I just, you know, didn't get a chance to see him, you know, win the Super Bowl against the Vikings and stuff like that. To see his record is absolutely phenomenal, especially when you're talking about the pressure that comes with the Raiders, Al Davis running the team, you know, to see John Madden persevere and to for players to really gravitate toward him and for them to win the Super Bowl is amazing. My first impression of Madden was every single Sunday I looked forward to watching the game that he called and he worked for several networks throughout his time, but mostly I was watching Fox because of him and Pat Summerall, you know, so watching those guys in the booth, um, John Madden was unapologetically himself. He was silly, um, but he brought a lot of substance too, because at the end of the day, he was a coach. And you saw that if you listen to him carefully through all his like silliness and stuff like that, he was actually teaching a lot there. Uh, I am so happy that on Christmas that they aired that that special, that um, All Madden special where he can see it. Uh, and so to echo what some other people have said in the media, a lot of times we don't see, we don't get props or you know get our flowers until we've passed on and we can't hear. I'm so happy that John Madden was able to hear what he meant to people throughout his life and to see his reaction of like, wow, I didn't know this person felt that way. I'm so happy you got to see that before he passed. I think that's very um, huge poetic justice in itself. Um, but yeah, that that's my huge, and I've been playing Madden since the early nineties. So <laughs> all that being said, so what, I'm gonna throw it to you all. Um, when you think of John Madden, you're remembering him. What are some of the things you're thinking of? I 
remember how he got his start as a player being drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> oh my gosh. Back in 1958. <laughs> but I, not on a serious note. Um, I mean, just like you, um, just him com- commentating the game. Um, I, I think that's why I really like got my love and was really able to comprehend and and understand the game even more uh, because of, I mean, as a kid, you know, I'm young. So him being silly kind of kept me engaged. It wasn't just like somebody talking numbers and packages and stuff like that. Uh, he he did it in a, a fun and entertaining way where I feel like from young to old people to just stay engaged and they actually under like know what's going on. Um, and then, of course, Madden. I mean, when I got my first game system, the first game I ever, my dad was like, hey, y'all get one game, pick one. It was Madden, um, Madden 2003. And, you know, it, I played Madden before that, but that's the first time I, you know, got my system. And, you know, the, the rest is history. But uh, an icon in the game. Uh, you can't find one bad thing on him from players. That's what, or, you know, coworkers and, or anything. He was just a great guy. I mean, of course we never met him, but, um, and then, I mean, early on, we talked about, we just can't assume anything, but I mean, he the way he he carried himself you would just think that you knew him your whole life so yeah man rest in power coach pace what are your thoughts man um i don't remember like the games i don't know why i don't remember the games because i remember i know he called games like when i was young but i just don't remember um but really um i would say I always knew Madden. First of all, was the 03 Madden the one with Eddie George on it or Marshall Falk? Falk. Yeah, Falk. Falk, yeah. I, so. I think that was my – I think my first one was 2000 because that was Eddie George. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember the one with Eddie George. Yeah. But regardless, man, um, overall, I mean, I kind of agree with everything you guys said. My, I think my first introduction, I can remember. Granted. I didn't have a lot of dings to the head, so my memory is foggy. Um, so I would say, man, just the Madden game in general and how it's evolved over the years. Um, and, you know, the Ask Madden feature, you know, that's always – that was added. And, I mean, I mean, players players set it for themselves. So I, I can't do anything but agree with him. Um, he had that voice. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Brent Musburgers and the Gus Johnsons of the world. Because uh, those are some of my favorite. Because um, you know when Brent's on the game, even though he's low key retired, you know if Brent's on the game, it's a big time game. Same with Gus Johnson, um, who's my favorite now. So, you know he's just a pioneer um, in his own respect. And you know, hey, R.I.P. Yeah, I mean the thing with Madden and Coach Jamie, you brought up his uh, his coaching record. I mean, I think he really is the one that created kind of like the Raiders, like as we know it, like kind of that mystique of the Raiders, like the bad boy Raiders. Like I was like John Madden, he was the head coach of that team that kind of created that whole persona. So, I mean, his head coaching record is, is like ridiculous. 
Yes. I mean, it's like because he has a higher win, he has the highest win percentage of all time mm-hmm. in the 10 years that he coached. So that that's nuts. Um, I think for me, when I heard that he passed, I actually felt a little bit sad. And I was wondering why. And it didn't hit me until um just kind of realizing the fact that it felt like like a like kind of like a distant family member passed for me in yeah. a weird way because yeah. especially because I, I was born in 88 so you know I'm you know I'm, I'm a little older I guess but through the 90s 2000s every Thanksgiving yep. we eat dinner and John Madden mm-hmm. <laughs> every Thanksgiving those are the things you could count on, right? <laughs> all the way up till he retired. So it, it felt like you had like he's kind of like that, you know that that distant uncle that comes by just on Thanksgiving. You know that one that lives like across country, but then you only see him on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So that's it was kind of like I kind of had like that weird feeling. Um, and then I just remember always remember the video game Coach JP3 mm-hmm. Madden '97. 96, yep. 97, 98, 99, 2000 with Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Yeah, we used to pass, let him ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we literally just pass and just let him ride the whole time. So, yeah, that's that's like my fondest memory of 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 like the video game. So, yeah, so yeah, that's my thought about that. Those of you haven't heard, like his coaching record: one hundred and three wins, thirty-two yeah. losses, and seven ties, and zero losing seasons as a head coach and i think in the 10 years in eight of them he went to the conference championship game i think so seven or eight of like yeah wow so it's kind of a shame that he's not like put on a higher pedestal as a coach i think his broadcasting career was so legendary i think you know people forget that he was like such a great coach but really he's like when you look at his coaching record i mean he's a top what five three yeah coach everybody yeah. talks about Shula and Belichick but really Madden should be like that third name you you, you list mm-hmm. he was nine and seven in the postseason so he was getting you to a top tier game every year yeah that's crazy and he was coach of the year in 69 so they won the championship in 67 and he's still got a coach of the year after that in 69 so yeah yeah that's crazy. So Philly boy, it all goes back to Philly, <laughs> definitely. But definitely will be missed. Um, but so happy that he was able to touch so many people, people's lives, and meant so much to uh, to people. And then just to us as fans of the game, uh, we became fans of him too. So um, definitely a, a full life, and, and uh, yeah need more people out there like that. So uh, so we're going to switch gears quickly. We're going to wrap up here in a few minutes uh, to the NBA. Because, you know, the Lakers can't stay out of the news. We all got to talk about the Lakers. So here's your, your Lakers fix for this episode. Okay, so everybody's like, you know, house is burning. It, you know, everything's going on. Everything's bad for the Lakers. And now some of those people are switching their narrative to say that, hey, the Lakers are turning the corner 
because they've won at least three out of their last four games, if not four out of five, um, last four, you know, four last five games. So my question is, have the Lakers finally turned the corner? What do you say? Go ahead, Coach Pace. No, Russ is still on the team. Next. (laughs) I'm going to say no. Um, I'm saying no because even with Russ, and again, I've I've maintained that Russ is a problem, not the problem, but he's definitely a problem. Um, But the problem is for this team is winning the championship. And in order to get there, you have to beat either the Phoenix Suns in a series or the Golden State Warriors in a series. And I don't see them being either one of them in a series. I'm not worried about anybody else in the West, or I wouldn't be worried about anybody else in the West in a playoff series besides those two. And right now, how it looks, they're a second-round playoff exit because they're either going to play Golden State or Phoenix in the second round. I still think they can win – because you got LeBron James. I think he can figure it out. I don't think they would be a first-round exit, but mm-hmm. I don't think they can beat Phoenix or Golden State. So based on that and based on the expectations, no, they haven't turned the corner. Are they even getting into the playoffs? Like, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. It's just that <laughs> with what they're doing during this run, with what LeBron is doing, I mean, they're just going to flame out because, I mean, with his age, and yes, he takes great care of his body, but, like, there's going to get to a point where, like, he, he's doing – we're not even at All-Star Weekend yet, and he's playing as if, you know, it's a playoff push. Mm-hmm. And that's not good <laughs> to be doing that too early, so early on, but you have to because the team has underperformed up till this point. AI, I mean, IE, AD, and Russ. So, um, and, and the thing that sucks about it is that you assume that he's doing these things and then when AD gets back, he can cut his minutes, but that won't be the case because AD is on nothing this year. And I don't know why, but <laughs> he definitely got comfortable with that that bubble ring. And um, like, he just doesn't have that it factor. He's just too nonchalant. Um, so I wouldn't say they're turning a corner. It's like it's like putting a Band-Aid over a, a huge gash wound. Like, it's, it's not helping you. <laughs> like, you're still bleeding above and below the Band-Aid. You need to go to the hospital. Because again, the AD to me is the biggest issue because I think this whole team was predicated on the fact that AD was going to kind of take the mantle of being that number one guy, and he hasn't. Now, his numbers aren't bad because I think it's like 24 and 10 or something like that, but I'm like, no, you need him to be like a top five player, and that's just not top five player production. So to me, like, that's like the biggest, that's like the number one problem with the Lakers that he's not being a top five player not even top five in his position or at least yeah and then I don't know why he don't want to play center I'm like dude everybody shoots threes now like just play center (laughs) he was playing center in the bubble why aren't you yeah that's all just like ain't nobody nobody's really banging like that down low anymore like just play center yeah fat too now but 
Mm-hmm. That, I'm going to say this quickly. Remember my two cents. So they won three out of the last four. We'll see if they beat Atlanta. Yeah. I, they look good right now. They look good. They'll probably win this game against Atlanta. We're just going to go on what we know of three out of three out of the last four games. I look at it. I, I'm a big contextual person. So I look at it in as not just the wins, but who did they get those wins against? Okay. So you play the Grizzlies. You lose 104-99. Okay. So you lost. They were up 18 too. Don't forget that. Yes. Up 18 and then lose that one. And you lost by five. Yeah. You beat the struggling Trailblazers. Blazers have a losing record. You beat the Timberwolves. Timberwolves have a losing record. You beat With the no doormat of California. Anthony Towns either. Currently no play that game. That's absolutely right. You beat the doormat of California, the Sacramento Kings, losing record. So, in my opinion, you've done what you were supposed to do. Why do I? Why should I give you extra credit or big points for doing what you were supposed to do? That's like you in a relationship. So if I'm in a relationship, right, and I have been doing, you know, horrible things, and I'm like, you know, well, at least I ain't cheating on you anymore. It's like, no, you're not supposed to be cheating in the first place. So I'm gonna give you credit for not cheating anymore. No, you weren't supposed to be doing it. That's the Lakers right now. They cheating on their girl. That's what they're doing right now. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And until they start beating the more talented teams in the league, I don't feel comfortable saying that they have found a rhythm, that they have, you know, they're turning a corner or that they're gonna be effective in the playoffs. And I don't think what enough people are talking about is that the addition of Russell Westbrook was an indictment on Anthony Davis. In my opinion, I'm just gonna say, I'm just sharing my opinion. Because if if AD was legitimately supposed to get the keys to the car and he was doing his thing, there's really no need for Russell Westbrook. So the narrative is that LeBron wanted to get Russ on the team. And hopefully that would help where so if LeBron is sitting down that, hey, they're still moving. They're still moving and shaking. LeBron could cut his minutes. That tells me that he didn't have the faith that his boy, A.D., could do that. So you needed another person to come in and help do that because he didn't believe that Anthony Davis could fulfill the mission that they had set out to do years ago when he first joined the team. Because they're boys, no, Brown will never, ever, ever say that. He will spin it any way to make it seem like he wasn't trying to call out his boy. But I think people missed the point because people say, oh, well, this is just, just only to help out LeBron. You know, he is getting older. Now, this was because AD wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And LeBron knows that. And LeBron said, if we're going to have any chance at another championship, we're going to need somebody else to come in here to relieve these minutes. And he's living his nightmare right now because his plan has so far backfired to Coach Murr's point of all these minutes that LeBron has to play now, this was not the plan. This was not 
This is the opposite of why Russ was brought onto the team. And it is not sustainable. He's going to burn out eventually, as great as he is. He is going to burn out eventually. It's going to catch up with them eventually. And if those two don't get their act together, because LeBron, you know, he's a very calculated individual, but he has taken a lot of sacrifices in this because he said, you know what, listen, put me at center, put me in this position, I'll guard it. That's why he's getting dunked on. You used to never see LeBron get dunked on. It's not just because of his age. It's because he's taking more risks because he's going against bigger people now. He's guarding the basket. It's not LeBron's job to be guarding the basket. No. Especially at this point in his career. But he knows that his boy ain't going to do it. Nope. So he's like, I'm not going to call you out. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to put it on my shoulders and I'm going to go ahead and do it. So that's why he's getting put on posters now. Yeah. And it's that that is what we're really seeing. And that's what that's what worries me about the longevity of this team in the season is because those things are not being fixed. It's, it's not like everyone's doing their part and they're just not winning. They just need a little little thing here. Their little tweak will be fine. That's not what's happening with the Lakers. It's Russ's turnovers. It's AD's selfishness. And it's LeBron's major minutes. All those are a recipe for a first-round playoff exit, if not addressed right now. That's all I got to say. Maybe a question for next week's show. Everybody's talking about trading Russ. Do you trade AD? You probably get more for him. Yeah. I've been saying that for a while. Get rid of AD. Not going to trade for a car with a broke-down transmission? All right. (laughs) Well, you either trade for the broke down transmission or the one that, like, I don't know, the gear messes up every time you try to change gears. It just, like, goes super fast and won't slow down. Or the brakes don't work. That's a probably better analogy. Just yeah. don't have two cars sitting there, then. Yeah. <laughs> the last the Lakers have two cars that don't work. Right. And one, it's like a – and then LeBron's like that. It's a, it's a Bentley, but it's old. But it's a Bentley. <laughs> Oh, that 2015 Bentley? Yeah, yeah. It's like a 2015. Like, it don't have Apple CarPlay in it, but it's like, it's a Bentley. And then you have an Oxford in it, and you'll be fine. Yeah. And then you have two cars that don't work. That's the Lakers. Yeah. That is exactly the Lakers. Yep. And and trading for Marcus Smart is not going to get you the championships. Man, James. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> I was going to give like a Buddy Hill, more credible name. Marcus Smart. Somebody. That's what. That's the rumors swirling around. All right, man. You know, you know, it's going bad in LA, and I'm. This is not a shot at him. This is just saying that in comparison to all the other talent that's there, that the bright spot for the Lakers is Carmelo Anthony because he's been balling. Carmelo at has been anyway. At least at home, anyway. At least at home. Yes, he's been pooping. He gets yeah. you in that paint, that, that post-up, it's a wrap for you. It's a wrap. Yeah. And he's really good at catching and shooting. He, he's, he's adjusted his game. He's accepted that, and he's doing really well at it. Um, and this was supposed to be his year to get that championship. And his boys are messing it up for him. Messing it up. Russ out here being Russ. Russ. <laughs> AD being AD. Yeah. So – we appreciate y'all hanging with us. We had to pack a lot of a lot of uh, information in a short time period. Um, 
we look forward to uh, next week's episode. So we're, we're back into the weekly episodes now. Just took a little break for the holidays. Uh, anything y'all want us to talk about, hit us up on IG, C-Box Podcast, um, on um, um, tw- um, what is it? Twitter, C-Box Podcast. We're pretty much anywhere. You know, you can find us there. TikTok, C-Box Podcast. We always put in videos of anything you want us to talk about, we'll talk about on the show. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box once again. On behalf of Coach Pace, Coach Murph, and Coach Natty T, I'm Coach JP3. Y'all stay blessed. Y'all stay safe. Talk to you soon. Peace.